Hello and welcome to another episode of Mortgage Chicks with Hot Tips. I'm Elizabeth Hole. I'm Stacey Vanskake. I'm Kim Hairstead. I'm Cindy Walker. So today we're going to talk about non-owner-occupied transactions. So what are those? What do these types of loans allow there to be a co-borrower on the loan and still have the primary borrower be able to buy a primary residence? So it doesn't have to be a secondary home or an investment property. A non-occupying co-borrower is a person who is co-borrowing on the home but not living in it. Non-occupant co-borrowers are usually, they're a step above co-signers. They're usually parents and they may have their own homes and this person can be added to our mortgage uh, which allows them to help qualify the buyer, help qualify in some cases the buyer themselves don't even have to have an income. Right. Your non-occupying co-borrower can have that and uh, foot most of the mm-hmm. debt-to-income ratio as far as the qualification goes. But it's a very strong loan to help someone qualify for a mortgage. You know, I think my favorite loan with a non-occupying co-borrower is going to be the FHA loan. They're very, very lenient with their guidelines. Yep. You know, you can have a relative, a close family member or a parent as a non-occupying co-borrower, they can live in another state. They don't have to live local. They don't have to live close to the property. And FHA loans, they're really for people that have maybe some credit challenges or they don't have a big down payment. You talk about first-time home buyers, kids right out of school or out of college. You know, they want to get their own place, but they just can't afford it on their own, knowing they're going to have roommates to help offset the rent, but, you know, the roommates aren't on the mortgage loan. So when you have your parents or family members as non-occupying co-borrowers, that really, really helps because you use their income even though they're not going to be paying the mortgage loan. Right. Yeah, and that's what I was just getting ready to go over a little bit, Stacy. is like we're seeing this being popular with the, with the rents going up, especially in college towns. By all means, our daughter just graduated in uh, Auburn, and so you looked at the rent, and the average rent up there was like $1,800, $2,000 a month. And she's in college. She's, you know, accumulating student debt. We're sending her away up there thinking, okay, how can we do this affordably? And that we decided to buy. I mean, it just makes a lot more sense when you can keep the interest rate low. In our case, we bought her a mobile home, and we um, did it that outright that way. But I'm seeing kids that are moving away to college. Parents are buying them a condo or a small house, they're splitting it three or four ways with other students, but meanwhile, the parents are building equity in the property. They're not throwing money out the door for rent. So um, the student can go on the loan as a borrower, parents as a non-occupant co-borrower, and like Stacy said, qualify off of their income because we're going to have no income for the student. So it's a real viable option. And on the flip of that, we see retirees, parents that are on Social Security income. They're only showing 1500 a month. So their kids, even if they're living in Maine, are, are being non-occupant co-borrowers with their parents to get them into a home here where it's a fixed payment. They're building equity, and they're putting their parents up, and, you know, setting them up for success in a home. Yeah, and there's lots of different kinds of properties that you can qualify for for these non-occupying co-borrowers. You can buy um, a duplex, a quadplex, up to four units. You can buy a condominium, 
You can buy um, uh, a mobile home, like she said. So there's a lot of different options in buying the different types of properties. And if you buy, say, a duplex or a quadplex, they can collect rent on those properties as well. So if the parents wanted to buy it for the child, live on the other side, or vice versa, then you know that's available as well. So the different types of properties is good too. Right, and you know if you're going to buy a secondary home, the minimum down payment is ten percent. If you're buying an investment property, the minimum down payment is fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people twenty percent, depending on the type of loan that they're getting. But in these cases, you get to take advantage of the minimum down payment at the three and a half percent of FHA mm-hmm. or three percent with conventional. It also helps them not have to pay. Again, FHA has more lenient on mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. They don't have the twenty percent down. So this is, uh, like I said, it's a great loan product, especially students, retirees in this area, that allows also for them to be able to apply for homestead. Because yes. on a secondary, you cannot, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a really great, strong way to help someone, a family member or a parent, get into a house, be able to keep that low down payment, keep their payments lower, mm-hmm. and then enjoy the equity that they built. And a lower interest rate Absolutely. as well. Because yeah. any non-occupying, when you have a second home or an investment, the interest rates, they really hit you. Absolutely. So they're so much higher than a primary residence. So a way to buy a primary residence and get the better rate. Right. Well, my son's away at college right now, so this is year number two that I'm going to start paying $1,000 a month for his rent. And I'm just paying someone else's mortgage payment. Right. At yeah, this point, you know, right, right. You know, I just, as and I'm a professional, I've been in the business 24 years, you know, you think I would know better than to go <laughs> find something to purchase, which is hard in Orlando right now. But I'm paying someone else's mortgage, not building the equity, mm-hmm. $1,000 a month, and he's right. got four years. So. And again, I love the fact that they don't have to have a strong income. Mm-hmm. The same thing with assets. Mm-hmm. The non-occupying bar can provide they all the assets. They just have to have a good credit score. Too. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm getting kind of frustrated a lot lately, and I'm sure you ladies are feeling it too, because I've always specialized in first-time home buyers, and all these people that I'm talking to, and their income's forty-five thousand, fifty thousand. They want to buy their first home, but they're really having a gap because they can't qualify for the prices right now that are like three fifty for first-time home buyers. Mm-hmm. So I always say, do you have a family member that would be willing to be a co-borrower with mm-hmm. you? Because yeah, you only qualify for two twenty five, but if you have parents that are willing to be a co borrower with you, we can bring their income into play and get you into more of a house. And it's still cheaper than rent, and it's a lot better in the long run. Mm-hmm. Well, and they can get roommates. Sometimes it just comes down to where a borrower has commission income mm-hmm. or bonus or overtime, but doesn't have that two year history. And is more than capable of making the mortgage payment. Right. right. But we just can't use all of their income to qualify right. for one reason or yeah. another. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So another great product offered here at Van Dyke Mortgage mm-hmm. and provided here by us, the Mortgage Chicks with Hot Tips. We hope you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. You can watch us on our YouTube channel at Mortgage Chicks with Hot Tips. Or please follow us on Facebook at Mortgage Chicks with Hot Tips. And don't forget, you can always listen to us where you listen to all your favorite podcasts. And if you have any questions or ideas for topics you'd like for us to discuss, please send us an email at mortgagechicks at vandykemortgage.com.